Hola, everyone, and welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast, episode number 183, going live for patrons on April 19th, 2021, and April 21st for everyone else. This is a weekly show covering all the games made in Canada and the people who create them. My name's Steven, it's spelled with a PH and an AC. I think it's Stefan, phonetically, that's just how that works. But no, it's Steven, and joining me this week, of course, the other main dude behind CanadianGameDevs.com, Steven, spelled PH and an E, so we, could, so we say Steve. Yo, what up? Um, this show, Steve, if you didn't know, supported by our amazing patrons over on patreon.com slash Canadian game devs. You can back us there for discord perks, two day early access to the podcast game giveaways. Every month we have a list of all the games we've gotten from various charity bundles we've supported that we don't use. So we'll give them to our patrons discounts for Canadian gaming events like EGLX shoutouts at the end of every episode and the knowledge that you're helping us keep the lights on covering the Canadian game dev scene. I want to give a huge shout out, Steve, to our new patrons. Thank you so much, Daniel Miller, Meow the Leon, Derek Campbell, and Alejandro David. Big week for patrons. That's like more patrons than we've got all year. So thank you very much, folks, for your support. Mm -hmm. If this is the first podcast you're listening to from us, hello. Welcome. At our top tier patron subscription level, we will plug whatever you want on the show for as long as you're a top tier subscriber like Eric Beer, who is heading up Game Slice 2021 and all digital Usually in London, Ontario gaming event, but because of COVID, it's going online last year and probably this year looking for sponsors. Uh, if you want to check out all of Eric's work, go to thebotbook.com, the B-O-T-book.com. Of course, at the top of the description, look at all the ways that you can support various indigenous movements across this land from Lambeck Lane in Ontario, the Wet'suwet'en and BC, and the Mi'kmaq out here in Nova Scotia. And you should watch Night of the Indigenous Devs up now on YouTube. And I believe they're looking for speakers for a new event. Uh, let me find that quick. Yeah, they are. It's um, also Megan Byrne from Ashamastawan and Games, looking for indigenous digital artists, interactive media, and video games for the Digital Berry Festival. Um, let me figure out when this is happening. Uh, you can follow Achimo Games, A C H I M O Games, for more on that. And it's happening April 13th. To June 11th are when the call for speakers and uh, presenters is open and the event itself happening. Uh, I don't know yet, but they'll announce everyone who's speaking July 11th. There you go. Mm -hmm. All right, Steve, let's start with some paperwork at the top of the show. As we do, the people know that we have some paper we need to shuffle. First up, jobs. This week I did something different, Steve. I went to every site and uh, found something on their site that stuck out to me for all these different uh, studios who were plugging jobs for. So first, Bitwise Alchemy, the very first text at the top of their site, building games is hard. And I deeply, deeply feel that. We say that uh, all the time. <laughs> games is hard. Games are hard. They're looking for a senior engineer uh, remotely. So you should uh, check that out from anywhere in Canada. Dark Slope in Toronto. They're really cool, Steve. Uh, they have a very great uh, website at least on desktop i don't know if it scales to mobile but they have a quote multifunctional eight thousand square foot state-of-the-art art studio complete with motion capture stage and a team of world-class virtual production practitioners they've done some really cool mixed reality installments in and around toronto and uh yeah it just looks like a lot of fun and their space looks awesome so they're looking for multiple lead unreal engine for vr game developers uh, Pop Reach in Vancouver does loads of mobile games, um, some very successful ones based on the few pages I went to, and they have over 120 full-time game makers at the moment. If you want to join them, they're looking for a lead game programmer, senior game designer, and a user, user acquisition manager, as well as a DevOps engineer. Sago Mini in Toronto, quote, Quality time made simple. Meet the make and play subscription that delivers creative activities right to your door. This is their latest project, Steve. It looks super cool. You basically... It's like one of those boxes you sign up for to get every once in a while, but they're activities meant for uh, parents and kids to do together that involve, you know, different uh, interactive media, physically building different props to interact with the app or the toys. It looks super cool. Um, something I could see you and Sophia doing in like, I don't know, a year or two, whenever kids get the, th the thumbs figured out. Uh, uh, yeah, probably a while. Probably a while. But uh, yeah, if that project or loads of other stuff they're doing sounds interesting, they're looking for a data engineer, senior Unity game dev, senior, uni senior Unity dev lead, Unity game dev, 
talent acquisition manager, play designer for mobile kids games, and two internships, a Unity game dev and a Unity technical artist. Both those internships are paid as every internship should be. And a new one, I didn't have a chance to look at their website yet, but I'm going to do that right now. Starfort Games in Ottawa is looking for a senior game dev, among other positions. Let me see. I'm going to see if I can find something cool on this site. This studio was founded by two industry veterans who have a beat on the pulse of today's trends. From global mobile blockbuster console, we understand where games are going and how to make your game lead. Whether as an ally to augment your development process or a dedicated team to shepherd your market readiness, we are your partners to success. That's cool. Ten plus years from their lead art director, who's worked on Wizard of the Coast games, Games Workshop, Disney, Paramount, NBA, NHL. That's super dope. So yeah, you should check those out. That's all at CanadianGameDevs.com slash jobs. I was going to see how long that pause would hold for. You know, <laughs> they, they say, what's the one thing they said on pregnant pause? Pregnant, pregnant pause. I always get afraid, though, that my pause. internet just, like, cut out. So I'm like, <laughs> Well, last week our audacity cut out. And I was sad, but yeah, you apparently were, you were shook the whole time, <laughs> man. I was so bummed. I'm looking at Audacity right now just to make sure. But yeah, oh. Aaron, uh, let us know that he honestly, if I didn't say it, he said he probably wouldn't have noticed the difference. So that, that helped. Thank you, yeah. Aaron. Got some events for you, Steve. Uh, first up the Red Bull campus crunch by Red Bull Canada still happening, uh, next weekend coming up. Uh, Saturday, April 24th, 1230 to one thirty. If you play Valorant, want to make some pocket money, for your various student needs. Uh, you should check that out. Comics X Games 2021. Coming May 8th and 12th. All of the showcase games are have, have been revealed. We wrote it up on the site. Including some of our very own patron. Uh, Devin Weersman's work on bombing. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. So uh, if you want to see Devin's art. As well as other work. Games. All that cool stuff. May 8th 12th. And VRTO, Virtual Reality Toronto, is returning. Uh, let's see here. Ooh, that's very soon. It's a couple is this weeks up to date? May 14th. Um, the early bird price is still available until... Ooh, there's three phases of early bird. This is a lot. All right, the latest phase of early bird is available until May 14th. That's $185 for the full week of stuff going on at virtual reality Toronto, a industry VR meetup conference of thought leaders, Mavericks and change agents in the hashtag immersive. So yeah, that's pretty dope. That event once again. Oh no, I didn't actually say the date of the event. That wasn't good. Um, yeah, May, May some May 14th. There you go. There you go. Shuffle some papers. Make a note of that. All right, Steve. Big news this week. We watched the Nintendo Nindies. Nindies is such a weird name. I was watching a streamer who was watching the Nindies because that's what happens now. And they were like, Nindies nuts. And that stuck out to me. I thought that was funny. I always thought that was but, weird when, when I'd watch, like, people watch, like, kind of funny watching mm-hmm. the thing. I'm just like, well, I don't yeah, I don't I don't like that. I used to host E3 viewing parties cuz I'm that kind of person and I would always just try to find the raw stream. The first year I got a 4K TV too and that was like the first year they streamed E3 in 4K. I was I was loving life, Steve. It was yeah. exceptional. We now, had a barbecue. I remember, I remember <sighs> the first time with E3 like like when I really started to pay attention to it. They didn't even have you couldn't even like get the video. There wasn't streaming or whatever, so I'd read Kotaku would always just do like a chat the live the live yeah. like blog thing yeah yeah and that was like the best that that they had and i think it was like xbox had was the first one to like show the video on xbox 360 man and i remember that's playstation crazy. didn't do it i was just like son of a bitch and then <laughs> i think the next year after that is when everyone started to just throw it up on their console and then twitch and youtube and all that shit now it's just pretty easy now there's a conference quote-unquote stream whatever like every other week oh yeah i saw i think ign posted the schedule or i I thought i saw the schedule posted somewhere e3 is coming back all digital it'll allegedly be free so i don't know maybe we should check it out there'll there'll be canadian games there um 
but that's not our focus right now, Steve. Right now, it was the Nindies Direct happened this past week. A couple mm. big announcements. Fez, of course, developed by Quebec uh, developers, out now on Switch. Kind of like a, and it's available now, announcement. Uh, so I think it's $13 with the discount bonus, and it goes up to 15 for the rest of time until they do a physical release. Then I'll get it. Uh, Art of Rally, long covered on the site from Vancouver developer Fun Skeletor. It's coming to Switch later this year. Big reveal, TMNT Shredder's Revenge yep. from Tribute Games. Montreal coming to Switch later this year. Uh, as well as I found the little sizzle reel at the end. I found Ender Lily's Quietus of the Nights is being developed by a Japanese studio with support from AdGlobe Canada, which is a Montreal development studio. So those are the big Canadian games from the Nindies Direct. Anything jump out at you, Steve? Oh, TMT, obviously. TMT? Yeah. You're pretty hyped, huh? Oof, I'm very excited for that. Um, and I'll probably, like, whatever console that game comes out first, I'll get where you're going to play it. Yeah, is where I'll play it. Okay. So if it comes, and okay. it, it Switch beats out Steam. So if it comes out on Switch and Steam the same day, I'll buy it on Switch. Gotcha. Um, there, was a, there was another one, what was it, like Road 96 or something like that? Not mm, Canadian. They opened thought, with that one. Yeah, I thought that one was pretty cool. Just like all the different kind of uh scenarios it was like yeah it was like a procedurally generated walking sim yeah i want to say yeah i got that i got that right i think you're right it was interesting yeah i like um yeah fez is astounding i love art of rally so i would those are instant buys for anyone who's looking for something on their switch um art of rally would just be right at home on there there's rarely a game where i'm like this shouldn't be on a switch and it's usually a triple a game so <laughs> that's true. Yeah. She's like Apex Legends <laughs> doesn't need to be on Switch. It doesn't. I'm sorry. It it really doesn't. Um <laughs> but that's okay. They're they're still trying. I The Witcher 3 Switch port really impressed me. Uh I saw a friend playing it um when I was back at school and it just ran solid. It was obviously everything was like super scaled down texture-wise, but I was like, "Oh, this is just like the game on computer." like functional wise which yeah. is different than when it comes other to ports i've seen when it comes to like triple a games on switch like ports of games i just treat it the same way I, I treat like when people port like doom to different things where i'm just like <laughs> that's cool and i'll never want to play that on on switch or i'll never want to play that... doom because we went you brought up the what was it like someone put doom on like a pregnancy test i'm like that's they were, funny they were displaying it on a pregnancy and i never need to think about that ever again and no. that's how I feel about like when Doom Eternal or Wolfenstein or Apex Legends like releases on Switch. I'm just like, I never need to think about this. Like Switch to me is a Nintendo slash indie console. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for many uh, yeah. it is. But it's funny, that same friend I watched played Witcher also played Doom 2016 on their Switch as well as Wolfenstein. And I, w- I would pop over and be like, how is it? And they're like, it's not good. It's really just a bad way to play this game. And I was like, ah, I figured. But, you know, gotta do what you gotta do. Uh Outside of Nindy's news, the, of course, Hand-Eye Society is bringing back Comic Sex Games. We mentioned our boy Devin showing off bombing there. There's a whole bunch of other Canadian talent, of course, in this event. 13AM Games is going to be there. Um, Mighty Yell with the Big Con is going to be there. This whole list is up on the site, just pulling out names people might recognize. Mega Power Games, they go back and forth with us on Twitter all the time. A bunch of games we've featured on Wishlist This, Gunpig, Traversal. Yeah, Game I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot. Uh, all the names have links to uh, the Steam Twitter Itch.io page. So if you want to go check out that on the site, kinggames.com. It's near the top featured. Um, so we're going to be having our eyes on that, and I'll be playing any. We should do. I wanted to do that during the Berlin thing when there was like Nuts and a couple other games. Mm. that just had demos as part of it so maybe we could do like a little stream over that week where you're like hey i'm gonna check out all these games on stream some of these games aren't out though or have demos no no but the ones that do we could totally check out big kickstarter success this week steve uh cultist themed multiplayer roguelike with a k worship uh blew past its kickstarter goal uh they were looking to receive does it show the original number somewhere here? I don't know. 
They were looking for 65,000 Canadian to complete the game, and they closed out this week with 390,332 Canadian dollars from 6,487 backers. Um, they're also doing uh, the Kickstarter. If you like, miss it, they have like the new backer kit thing, so you can still contribute a little bit. It's just like a pre-order at that point. Um, so they have that up. They're looking to release 2022 on PC and consoles. This is from a Quebec studio uh sent to us by Emil, who's another developer who we actually interviewed and will be up in the feed soon who started a co-op uh in quebec recently out of school but yeah this game's already got some covered from destructoid uh, hardcore gamer they're doing a physical copy i know right out of the gate if you got a physical copy on there you're confident so this is with limited run uh add 63 canadian to your pledge you get a comic book uh you get the game physically um yeah pretty cool what do you think steve looks really sweet i think um i think the the premise is like really cool it's like inspired by pikmin so you're like you're doing all these rituals i guess to summon these how do, they refer to it as like unfaithful and then like all these all these things will basically um succumb to your your bidding i guess when it comes for the god so they'll do anything for their god now which is like solve puzzles and kill enemies and stuff like that so i think it's pretty cool and uh yeah it's on steam and it looks it looks sweet um did did they have a release date uh yeah they're hoping for 2022 so whenever uh (laughs) sea of stars comes out probably around there what did so what did see so this crushes kickstarter goal i got like it uh 390 almost 400,000 what did uh what did sea of stars was in the millions Okay, it had to be because we talked about it being like the most uh, one of the most successful Canadian ones. I think it was the most successful. Um, Okay, yeah. So they were looking for 133,000 Canadian for Sea of Stars, and by the end of it, they had 1.6 million Canadian by 25,000 backers. It's a lot of moolah. They hit every single stretch goal. Uh, The top stretch goal was 750k. They would do free DLC for all backers. So what was the um, what were some of the stretch goals for worship Ooh, uh i can do that at Cult the top Wars here worship pvp was 500 or half a million ah, i didn't quite get there but uh i'm sure like if the game does well launch they will want to do all of these eventually why do we get 390 so we just didn't hit four so the 400 so 300 sacri- sacrificial lamb difficulty in this mode the space between worlds is fractured deadlier eldritch horrors roam the realm of man everything is trying to kill you beware of goats you're the sacrificial lamb <laughs> yeah, we were ten thousand away from an orchestral recording session for the game soundtrack. That would have been cool. That would have been neat. But I'm sure, as I said, they'd like to do all this eventually. And with the backer kit thing, maybe they'll get the funds to make those happen. I like the graphic style of this game too. It's just like black and white with red and stuff, and and a, a few, a little bit of other colors like purple and blue. But mostly it's the mm-hmm. black and white. Looks really really cool. Yeah, and I totally see the Pikmin reference with the little circle that goes around you. It's not. I guess it is top down like Pikmin. Um, yeah. And th- there's gifts all throughout this uh, Kickstarter page, Steve. And you know how I feel about gifts. This Kickstarter page is like plentiful. <laughs> oh, it goes, it goes. Yeah. Anywho, good for them. Congrats to the team in Montreal. Uh, they are chasing rats games. Looks like a team of nine. Damn. So. That'll that'll hold them for a while. Yeah, I think so. Next bit of news: Tank Quest is out now on Steam from Ontario developer David Eschwis. E S H U I S. It's got a ten percent launch discount going on until forty six hours from now. So patrons, you might still have time. Um, we covered this on Wishlist this a few weeks ago, but wanted to note its total release. There's three reviews currently. Have we got any funny ones? Fun alone, but more fun with friends. Uh, for those who don't know, it is a um, up to four-player top-down action arcade shooter. More than four players, I'm looking at here. Or is it just four players? Um, doesn't say in the team up with friends and local co-op to help beat levels. I'm just seeing four, I think, on this character select screen. So I'm going to go with four. But it reminded us of that one We Play tank game, Steve, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot they stuff. called it. But yeah. Nine bucks. Check it out. It supports uh, online remote play together, uh, split screen co-op, split screen PvP. 
And yeah, it's a solo dev from Ottawa, I believe, unless I have that wrong. Oh, they don't have their description or their name. Oh, it just says Ontario. So Ontario, maybe Ottawa. Statistically higher chance of it being Toronto. <laughs> still a good percentage chance. Of being <laughs> still, still a good percentage chance. Two more, two more news segments for the week. Steve Skate City from uh, Snowman, which is in Toronto. It's coming to everything else. I believe it was just Apple Arcade before. Yeah. So that's coming to Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, Epic Games, and Steam on May sixth. Very soon. Uh, yeah. So I guess this is probably. With with a lot of these games, it was like a year after their Apple Arcade release. We see it come elsewhere, but I think this is more than a year. So I think they were taking time with all these well, platforms. Yeah, I think so because I think this was a a release date. This and like an uh, Apple Arcade launch game. Yeah, this and Grindstone. This, and um and the car their card one. I forget what it's called. Oh, where the cards fall. Yeah, that one too. Um, so Skate is sweet. I played it when I had an Apple Arcade subscription. It's pretty. It's pretty like chill. I think it's a better suited Switch game than than the other ones, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny because I was just like, man, they just announced Ollie Ollie World or whatever mm-hmm. on Switch, like at, at Nindies, and then they they go ahead and like announce their skate game like the next day. Kind of Ollie Ollie's different. Ollie Ollie's like, very I. So like this is much more like realistic <laughs> sort of cityscape city settings left to right, but Ollie Ollie World's much more arcadey, zany. Um, you go back and forth from left to right. Oh, okay. So I think I think there is enough of a difference. The discerning skateboarder game fans in our audience would tell the difference. I think I'm not mm. such a discerning skateboarder fan. I'm pretty skateboard illiterate. I play Tony Hawk, and yeah, I think that's the only skateboarding game I've played. Yeah, uh, Tony. Fuck Tony. They're they're charging for the extra. Oh, yep. That's Activision. They did it for everything. Crash, Call of Duty, um, yeah, whatever that one was. But yeah, yeah. Screw Skate Activision. City. Get Skate City. Get Skate City instead. Yeah. Lastly, Beyond the Wire, a massive uh, World War One uh, FPS realistic tactical action game, uh, is getting a big update. Operation Two for King and Country with new we- maps, weapons and factions this game is partly developed by redstone interactive in british columbia uh we've covered it before on wishlist this um since i've been to the steam page they have a much more intense trailer i'm watching right here like very cinematic and choreographed uh it's a yeah as i said first person massive teams of 50 versus 50 so going for that oh what's a good description like battlefield arma vibes Mm. of military shooter uh still in early access hoping to be in early access until 2021 with the 1.0 release um but yeah still being supported over 2000 reviews 2500 reviews very positive let's find a funny one here this release is version 0.1 so and it's pretty deep uh patch notes so they got a they'll be adding a lot I guess fired exactly one shot in my first game. I was a medic and I killed a teammate. Highly recommend (laughs) (laughs) get in the trench and shoot the French early access review from crush fighter. Thank you. Crush fighter. Oh, that's pretty funny. (laughs) So beyond the wire uh, on steam early access, uh, getting so also the developer of squad, which we've covered before, which has like 60,000 steam reviews, very positive. Um, they seem to be taking their tech there and going to a different, uh, setting because squad was more modern fps and beyond the wire as we said it's world war one yeah i'm just interested in it being world war one as well because like the only other one i can think of is battlefield one that would mm-hmm. place world one so I, i'm just like i wanted just interested in seeing it um i think it was on sale or no it's still on is it? yeah it's still on sale as uh until april 21st it's on sale for 25 oh you got time so. Yeah, World War One was just like, like the the front line moved like twenty miles or something or whatever over the f- five years. Like it was just like nothing happened, just bodies piled up. So it's rarely a point of focus. And there's also less distinguishable like quote unquote good and bad guys because pretty much just a bunch of rich people wasting time and money. Yeah, but uh, was white yeah, so white phosphorus was a thing back then? Was it? It I says graphic imagery, modern. the horrors of war are honestly represented with realistic gore, brutal violence, and vision limiting attacks such as chlorine gas or white phosphorus. Chlorine gas was, because I remember in 
the mustard high gas. school history i was like oh they had to piss on like their handkerchiefs and stick them on their face because yeah. urine canceled out the thing yeah the british army introduced the first factory built white phosphorus in 1916 during the first world war oh shit holy moly British, can you imagine man. being that first team like you're you're going over the thing and they're like what's this and you're like oh god <laughs> i'm dying that sounds uh, terrible that sounds fucking awful I oh no man idea. war is bad we should stop war is bad but war is bad but, but beyond the wire, wire <laughs> seems to be reviewing quite well <laughs> so <laughs> depictions of war in <laughs> actual war out <laughs> canadianos.com uh that's it for the news <laughs> Of course, Steve. Now it's time for everyone's favorite segment wish list. This huge omission from the top of this week. Somehow we haven't covered before, and I'm still not convinced. I haven't, and uh, but it wasn't in your wish list, which is usually our, our indicator. Yeah. The big con from Mighty Yell in Toronto. Oh, f- for those who don't know, wish list this every week. Three <laughs> games, main Canada, add to your wish list. You know, if you know, you know. Mighty L has been working on the VidCon for a long time, got some support from the ID at Xbox team, it's coming to Xbox, but it's also coming to Steam where you can wishlist it, quote, The Big Con is an action-adventure game about being a con artist. Hustle your way across 90s America and try to save your family video store. I've been really high on The Big Con, tried the demo at EGLX 2019, they had a sick booth with like a 90s basement aesthetic. Um, you play as, oh, what's the girl's name? Play as Allie, a teen con artist in the 1990s on a journey to save her family video store from loan sharks. Fight with your mom, be awkward, seek revenge, invest in some quality collectibles. They're bound to pay off later, right? And make interesting friend or two along the way. Everything about this game is my vibe, Steve. I'm a big adventure game fan. Uh, this one character's name is just Mall Cop Lady. Amazing, amazing. Uh, very, very into this game. Of course, starts with an FBI warning. Not oh wait, oh, it, yeah. it's only there for half a frame. I need to. Not sharing game trailers is not a felony. There are no civil or criminal penalties for not sharing, <laughs> but sharing is super cool and should be required under federal law. <laughs> you won't go to prison if we investigate and you didn't share, but it would make us feel good if you did, and that's its own reward. If you want to share this with a maximum number of people or send us two hundred fifty thousand dollars, then fine. <laughs> If that's the kind of humor you're looking for from your adventure game, and this game's got the kind of aesthetic I'm looking for from an adventure game set in the 90s, mm-hmm. I can't say anything else nice about the big con, Steve. What do you think? I agree with everything you just said. Yeah, I love the aesthetic, too, the, the, the style of it. It's sweet. I feel like, you know, as a 90s kid, I'm going to just get hit with a wave of nostalgia, too. Oh, um, yeah, this will connect with you. Oh, like, you you probably recognize this mall aesthetic. The, the, inst- the instant thing I realized, though, is, like, she's trying to save her video shop, which is just going to go out of business in the next, like, 15 years anyways. But but that's 15 extra years. That's yeah, true. But, yeah, the, the <laughs> stores and stuff. There's got to be, like, a C- like a music world or CD shop, too, in here somewhere. It's not seen on the screenshot, but I'm sure it's there, like, being mall rad and all that stuff. Good shit. Can't wait. Good shit. Play it on Xbox, oh, though, but you know, you know how we, you know how we support. But I don't believe it's coming to Game Pass, uh, but it oh. is coming to Xbox. Oh yeah, you're right. The, the idea at Xbox thing. Mm, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, check out the Big Con, Steve. I have to ask: Is the Big Con by Mighty L Developers in Toronto, Ontario, on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. Excellent. Next game today on wish list: This Steve Haste. By Hot Sauce Bread Studios, great name, in Ottawa, Ontario. It's releasing March 2022 alongside Sea of Stars and that other game we talked about. You can wish list it on Steam. Quote, Haste is a card battle game played in real time. Unlike turn-based games, Haste is action-oriented, so you have to think quick to make meaningful decisions. That's an interesting pitch, Steve, because I've tried other turn-based card games like Hearthstone and uh, Slay the Spire was another one. I don't really uh, connect with the card deck building genre card mm-hmm. battlers as they say but if there's like a real-time element to it that has helped me with other genres like child of light was a turn-based with real-time elements um mm. kind of like classic final fantasy rpg no cards um, there's no cards in it no but it took a genre that i didn't really like because there was no turn because there was no live um real-time element to it and it was one of the rpgs that have connect, connected with the most because of what they did to it so i think if you took one of these card games made it real time where i'm just like fl- <laughs> flicking cars out or i guess clicking dragging on steam i think that might work for me uh what do you think yeah the only i was just thinking like the only card thing that i've ever played 
is uh, there's an art GameCube RPG called Bing Kratos. I think uh, that was like a turn-based RPG with cards. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that's really the only card. Like I never got into Hearthstone or any of that stuff. But mm-hmm. I'm like I'm digging the graphics on this too. I think the the characters really pop, and I like you know I would I'm I'm like you where it's like it's taking you know we're not big on card uh, based stuff, but the 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 real time action sort of part of it. Mm. intrigues me enough to like look into it you know what i mean it's totally. got a demo too which i'm going to download at you right now uh ooh, i might mess up my internet can you play a delayed demo download thing delayed demo off. download we yeah. can do that um but i think it, yeah i mean i'm pretty intrigued by this it looks pretty sweet and uh yeah i think i think we're both kind of like you know card battle not our thing but mm-hmm. this is this might be combining some stuff that I do sort of dig so uh, online matchmaking with ranked PVP as well as single player matches versus AI simple inputs paired with quick decisions for an engaging gameplay. I'm sold. I'll check that out. Steve, I have to ask is haste. Oh my God. It's called haste. Cause it's real time. That yeah. makes sense. Oh, I man. always enjoy your like realization. When you... <laughs> things, things just go right into my head and nothing is done with the information. It just sits there until like 10 seconds later or sometimes like i've realized things like months later like i remember in university i was sitting in a car with some friends and they were like just bought new pokemon card packs and were opening them i'm like oh i get it because it used to be called pocket monsters so it's pokemon and everyone in the car at the same time like turned around and looked at me like oh my god you're stupid and i was like it just took me a sec i mean i just accepted it as gospel as pokemon it's just a word they made up like cool but no it's pocket monsters i think i think in japan it was advertised as pokemon the pocket pokemon the pocket monsters or something like that like it was part of their their sort of thing but well pokemon's clearly worked a lot better for them yeah i have to ask steve is haste by hot sauce bread studios in ottawa ontario on your steam wish list yes it is excellent last game today on wish list this is a game steve was very excited about last week mech armada we mm. tweeted out hey we're looking for games for our steam wishlist segment uh what do you got in solo developer line code games which is sergio garces in vancouver british columbia uh linked us a very interesting little clip of mech armada which is set to release summer 2021 it's a couple months quote Command custom mechs and outmaneuver the swarm in this post-apocalyptic turn-based tactics game. Leverage the terrain, your mech's unique skills, and your wits to survive a series of ever-changing strategic battles and give humanity hope. Uh, Steve, this game is incredible. Look at these screenshots. I'm looking at like a rhinoceros and an alien-looking thing and like a walking out-of-water octopus fighting what looks like Bumblebee and like this other Terminator looking thing with two machine gun chain gun arms and they're fighting in like the middle of this overgrown bus stop. Yeah. What? Pre- premise alone, this thing kills it. Like this is just yes. this is one of the best like post-apocalyptic. I'm a huge fan of that sort of genre and just this is just looks awesome. Now we were just talking about genres we're not crazy about. I'm not super crazy about strategic RPGs, mm-hmm. um, but this at least like you got mechs fighting dinosaurs and monsters and stuff. So it, it warrants like a look, you know what I mean? It, it looks so good. It also you looks like, of a fi- like the one's just burning the dinosaur or whatever to a crisp. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, it's not, um, an RPG. It's a turn-based tactic strategy. I don't know if there's any RPG elements mm. to it, but you can, yeah, you can customize your mech. And if I'm looking at these levels, they look very small and square, kind of like uh, uh unto the breach or into the breach yeah it which looks pretty yeah it's not like crazy big like battlefields like you'd see in fire like, emblem or anything like yeah that. that's the comparison <laughs> i was gonna make um but it uh and the one thing to do is like it's roguelike campaign death means game over try again with an entirely new run with new random parts and encounters you'll make you'll have to make do with what you get i'm mm. also not really feeling that but again just the it being a turn base, it being like mechs versus monster dinosaur things, like I'm I'm digging that. It's, it just looks sweet, you know. And the uh, last oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say it just like <clears throat> I'm seeing like the different monsters and, and stuff like that. And if you can get like really good if you can just get like a lot of different variants of the monsters, like I think that, that would just be super cool. So 
the uh, the last bullet point on the key features list is autosave. Never worry about saving again. Leave your game at any point and return exactly where you left off. Oh, interesting. That's I wonder like how to the to the frame that autosave is, but I'm interested right. in that. That's like that Xbox thing. Yeah, the I've, I I still don't believe that. Like the like I'll have like four games running at once, and like I'm so used to just like moving over to a new game and then waiting. Like, do you want to close the other one and then waiting for the other one to open? But you just switch, and I'm like that doesn't feel right. I'm yeah, killing I, killing the planet doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel too. Where it's like I don't play my Xbox enough to like remember that it's a thing. And then I'll just boot it up my Xbox like a day later, two days later, and then just be like play Outriders again, and I'll be in that same spot. I was like, like how, how did this, how did this happen? <laughs> oh man! Or Halo or whatever. Like I, I'm just every time it happens, it surprises me because I just don't mm-hmm. play the Xbox that much. So I'm just like, how is this? How did this? How did you do this? It's a cool feature, and I yeah. think if Mech Armada can have instantaneous autosave big ups mm-hmm. i gotta ask steve is mech armada by lion code games in vancouver bc on your steam wish list yes it is excellent that's it for wish list this this week if you want us to talk about your game we want to talk about your game get it to us twitter at canada game devs contact the canadian post it in uh, the discord i'm always calling calling the, the the internet shores for little treasures i don't oh, know there is a, calling right there is a new piece of news actually that we didn't do do we miss the news? We're going to back it up. Uh, Resident Evil, because the Resident Evil showcase was this week, mm-hmm. where they showed off Resident Evil 5 and, and the movie and all this shit, but also Resident Evil stuff is coming to Dead by Daylight. Um, Ooh. So we don't know details just yet. It was annoying. There was like three announcements that they had during that Resident Evil thing where they're like, mm-hmm. tune in to this announcement like on April. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, guys. No, stop. So but I think Day, Dead by Daylight is having their own sort of uh ah, i see they're video. gonna announce it on their terms yeah exactly so like there is resident evil content coming to dead by daylight similar that to how they sense. had the sound hill they had sound the hill things. stranger things yeah. yeah so that's cool dead by daylight of course developed by behavior in montreal, montreal. it's either montreal or quebec city i'm sorry there's only, quebec. Those, those are the only two places in quebec <laughs> so, <I> mean. <laughs> no vertex the tetris vr developed thing is the small town and like southwestern quebec laval or something i want to say because i looked it up and it was like really close to the border and i was like oh look a not montreal or quebec city indie game mm-hmm. so resident evil coming to dead by daylight what character do you think it's going to be steve no it's got to be it's got to be a monster right i would i would imagine it's nemesis because nemesis is already the like character who chases people in the oh game. is nemesis is nemesis different than mr x yeah so mr x is resident evil 2 okay um and Res- and nemesis is like resident evil 3 and so the the story is that like resident evil 2 back in the day when it had mr x he wasn't as like um random in his chases as he is in like the mm. remake okay. it was very like scenario based and then uh and then resident evil 3 nemesis wasn't supposed to be a numbered sequel it was resident evil Code Veronica x was supposed to be the numbered sequel but huh. I guess they had a, a deal with Sony that they were supposed to do it. And so Resident Evil 3, Resident Evil Nemesis ended up just becoming Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. And mm-hmm. that's when they took that Mr. X concept and had him, had Nemesis like chase you during the game. But it's it's a little bit more random. Like You'll play the game twice and it won't be always the same scenarios and stuff. Hmm. Um, so I feel like it's going to be Nemesis because of that. They also, they've also done um, Heroes in the past. Like they did... Uh... Who's the guy in Ash versus Evil Dead? Is it just Ash? Is it Ash? I don't know. Ash? They did. They've done like heroes before, so I could see them doing like a, a double thing. Like who would uh, they do for? Uh, probably Chris. Have to be Chris. Chris Redfield, right? Yeah, Chris and I, I feel like Jill. it'd be Chris for sure because uh, he's in the Resident Evil Eight that's coming out, and then probably Leon. Mm. Not Jill. Jill has. I don't know. I don't know can't... if she's like as big, but like I still picture her in like the the blue tank top whenever like I picture Resident Evil, you know. Yeah, that's true. Canically, I don't think Jill's been in the series since like Resident Evil Five. Huh. So, so it'd probably be Claire. I don't know for the or Ada, Ada Claire, Ada, or Jill are all kind of like Ada in the cocktail dress and high heels. Yeah, exactly. That's how you run away from monsters, and that's how I run away from monsters. That's how I run away from monsters. T Rexes <laughs> never kick the heels off. Um. Yeah. So I, I would imagine it's Nemesis. I guess this mm-hmm. would be the second monster. I, it's always a monster, right? Because Wesker was kind of an evil guy, but 
Yeah, it was either the Tyrant, Mister X, or Nemesis. But I would, I would, I would wager. I'd put money on Nemesis at being Nemesis. So, how much money? I don't know, ten bucks a lunch. Okay, I always used we'll to bet lunches when we were allowed to like see each other and have lunches. I'll take that action. Ten bucks? That's not. So you're saying it's not going to be Nemesis? Statistically, there's more who aren't Nemesis. <laughs> so that's, that's I don't know, fair. but I'll take that. All right, fine. Deal. All right, Steve, let's get on to Discord discussion. Uh, of course, we were talking about the Resident Evil Showcase. I kind of missed a lot of that discussion. I was out that night, but uh, what, what was the, the pulse? On oh, it was really just community? me posting that. Oh. Um, I just wanted to bring it up. But the, the big surprise that they announced was Resident Evil 4 coming to Oculus, which I don't think anyone is really excited. Like, I, I went on the Resident Evil <laughs> subreddit and stuff, and, like, no one was really excited. They're just like, why not PSVR? Or, like, fuck Facebook, all this stuff. I'm just like, uh... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a rumor that Resident Evil 4 is getting a remake. Mm-hmm. Um, like like 2 and 3, right? Like 2 and 3. And it even was even in that leak. Um, mm-hmm. Like Capcom got a bunch of their games and stuff leaked earlier. And those year. have all been pretty true so far. Yeah, because I think... Uh, Monster Hunter Rise. Monster and... Hunter Rise was in there, I think. Yeah, and there was like a Mega Man game too that's supposed to... But anyway, but it just kind of made sense. Like 2 and 3 have been... Remakes have been really, really well received. Well, 2 certainly has been well received and... I guess they'll just skip Code Veronica and Resident Evil Zero, which is sad. But Resident Evil Four just is go like to four. the famous one, right? Four yeah. is the biggest Resident Evil, right? Like, like four or one would have to be. <laughs> yeah, probably four is like the most well known. Like, we were talking about this too. Like ports, right? Like, what game has been milked? Oh, it's most? been everywhere. We found like a top eleven versions of Resident Evil Four <laughs> list <laughs> that the much. gamer had done, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> but but now it's like, well, was that leak on a Resident Evil 4 remake really just the this like Resident Evil 4 Oculus like mm, thing? Not a full remake, just not like a, a remake, VR just, port. Yeah. Which, Wait, uh, why would you port 4? It's third person. Yeah, exactly. I, ju- I don't understand that. Um, they they're putting some first person stuff in there, but yeah, it's it's they're like remaking it for Oculus. I guess I don't know. That's such an action-heavy game, too. Like, it wouldn't make more sense to do a more, I don't know, stealthy... I'm surprised they just don't bring Resident Evil 8 to it. Oh, yeah. Because it's it's the same engine as 7. They've got the tools there. Like, huh, maybe later. Maybe? I don't know. It was just like, oh, man, like, this better not be the remake. Like, so, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, it was just, I'm a big Resident Evil fan. And so mm-hmm. I was just excited that there was a new thing. They showed the Netflix show too, which seems pretty neat. I don't know, whatever. It's animated, right? The the same as the uh, Castlevania Studios doing it, or is it live action? Oh, man, I can't remember. There is so there's a movie that's coming out in mm-hmm. September. There's a live action. Yeah, there's there's a CGI comic or computer generated movie. That's what they showed, Infinite Darkness. And and then there's still another Netflix like Resident Evil live action show. So there's like hmm. three Resident Evil things coming out like this year, which is kind of that's crazy. A little overkill, <laughs> even for me. You gonna watch them all? Oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah. All right. Also in our Discord, Steve, we shared uh, that one tweet from some idiot who was like, uh, "QA isn't actually a game developer. Uh, you're not a real game developer." Um, and that sparked a whole conversation in our Discord about the point of the word developer. And I thought the conversation was kind of dumb and semantic, but, you know, we had people talking about, you know, it is important for, you know, uh, specifying what you did on a project, whether you're, you know, listing your experience on a resume. Um, And that we started talking about our own list of quote unquote roles in the discord. And one of them is just developer and people are like, oh yeah, this just applies to all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I don't really have a, a huge opinion. I think everyone who worked on a game, is a game developer from marketing to QA to community management to HR to the accounting department. Like if, if you, if your work made a game come out, then I think you're a game developer. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I think it just comes down to like, there's not a, there's a summary word for making a game. Mm-hmm. Like you're a game. That's what a game developer is. Like it's, it's all encompassing the team, mm-hmm. but there isn't like, you know, all the people who work on wealth simple, like there isn't, mm-hmm. it's not like you're a, a SaaS developer or like there's not a word that encompasses all of that. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't go to the HR person at Wealth Simple. I'm just using them as an example, like, and call them a, a, a debt, like a, 
a SaaS dev because that doesn't mm-hmm. even that's not even a thing. And so there's still UI people and devs and QA people and support and all that stuff tied to like other things, but there isn't like an encompassing word for it. So I think like first off, fuck this dude, he's dumb. But like mm-hmm. it's just because developer is in the word game dev, and then it's just like mm-hmm. I was really more so yeah. annoyed that like it took up like I was seeing tweets about this like for two days, and I'm like, mm-hmm. why do you let this this idiot just like take over the internet for a little bit it seemed like it was just annoying mm-hmm. the uh dragon slumber in our discord brought up a good point it was like like a game developer is everyone like the game exists because of a game developer whether or not it like is successful or is marketed or builds a community is auxiliary to the game existing and they put forth the definition that like game developer makes the piece of software that by the end of development is released and so I could totally see that definition too, but uh, I'm I'm less you know particular about it. But I, I get why people like Dragon Slumber want to zero in on a solid definition for clarity. Yeah, <clears throat> what's funny is they found a tweet by that guy who who did say he was a game dev as a QA or something like from the past. And mm. Oh no, they just became receipts. <laughs> never never have a stupid opinion on Twitter. They'll find you contradicting yourself. I know. I've been, on Twitter, been on Twitter since like 2009. I'm sure there's some stupid shit. I'm sure I, every week I look at my Facebook memories and I'm like, damn, grade five, Steven should have logged off. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. I had I the same thing where it's like 2005. I, I would post so much like, cause it used to say Facebook. Um, it would say like Steven crane is, and then you would have to post your thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would, I would always be putting like in hip hop shit. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, I was so, so stupid. <laughs> I was so white. <laughs> like putting in all this thing. Like it would just say That's like, awesome. is, Hip hop and just like hip hop is all in caps and I'm like oh I shouldn't have nice shouldn't have yeah I Facebook. I sometimes share them like you can share them as a memory and I'm like damn this this guy just, uh, <laughs> like I bet if I look today I've got I've got to have a terrible one from like 2008 or something let's go to memories oh let's go to my memories too Ooh, this could be a new uh, new thing no this should not be a segment I, I um, sometimes delete the ones too where I'm just like I don't want to see this next year because the eleven one... eleven years ago today. April 17th, 2010. I'm the MC for my school's talent show this Thursday at 7 p.m. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here that's, it is. That was, 13 years thing. ago, Stephen Crane is not bigger than hip-hop. No, he's not. <laughs> Actually, I had one eight years ago that I that's still funny. I had a zit on my head where four years ago I had hair, so that's a bunch of bullshit right there. <laughs> that is a bunch of bullshit. Is that's funny. Fun? Thank you. I'm going to share Five that. years ago today... Uh, Year one is in the books. Great work, everybody. And I just took a selfie with my class. Hmm. Um, and then two years ago today, submitting my last essay of undergrad, like, and then I played Celebrate Good Times by whoever. The annoying one is that, like, when it's an anniversary and then you post about it again. So, like, I think the the anniversary when my dad died is now just, like, three or four different memories of, like, R.I.P. dad. And so, like, on that day, I just get, like, blasted with I'm just like, oh, great. <laughs> damn uh oh well, whatever not all memories are good memories steve but important i, I would argue that none of them, none of the memories are good <laughs> well that's a good wrap to discord discussion what have you been playing this past week steve uh popped in devil may cry 5 mm. um, there was some devil may cry discourse i don't know if you got in onto that david and dragon slumber were talking about it oh really i might have been part of it because i i played one two and three like on ps2 mm-hmm. and they're like one and three were great two was a pile of trash mm-hmm. and i had never played the game since like 2000 since 2006 or five or whatever it was didn't play the remasters didn't play four i don't even think i ever saw it so like i popped in five because i got it um as part of like my credit card rewards or whatever because i got like the the flyer rewards but we're not flying anywhere so i started buying shit with them and so i got devil may cry five and and uh they have a little video that just goes over like what happened so i watched that and i was like cool and it's to me it's it's literally just devil may cry one and three like what i remember playing as like it's just fast really smooth fighting and difficult and just doesn't even make sense um and it's pretty sweet but you're i'm playing as a character that i i guess must have originated from devil may cry 4 because i have no idea who he is Hmm. And uh, I've seen some really funny um, Devil May Cry Five like gifs. Like someone puts on a cowboy hat and dances at some point. 
Or is that oh. six? What are they on now? What's the most recent one? Five is the most recent one. This is the most okay, recent then. one. And then they did like a, it came out on PS4 and Xbox One like two years ago, or whatever. And then they mm-hmm. like actually did a, re- a legit merging and everything for PS5 um, for like $50 or whatever. So this is the most recent one. It looks ridiculous. Like, I don't know if this makes sense. Devil May Cry looks like to the action game what the evil within was to horror just like over the top mm. nonsense incredibly tight core gameplay loop very very japanese western influence aesthetic yeah it's all that for sure okay cool um what is saga frontier remastered so i haven't played this yet i just bought it and it finished downloading and then you're like okay let's let's record but let's go Sega frontier is like a JRPG from PS one days. Sega, the Sega series is like, has branched like quite a bit. It was on game boy. It was on PlayStation. Um, and I played like a few here and there. They're technically the final fantasy legend games on uh, mm-hmm. game boy. They were called Sega, whatever in Japan. And then they rebranded them as final fantasy here. And, um, I had a friend who just fucking loved this game on PS one. I never played it. And so they released the remaster came out on ps4 and uh i'm just I, I just haven't like started playing it yet but I'm, i've kind of been eyeing it and uh, i'm just excited to dive in the funny thing is like if you look at the different the the upgrades to it it's all the stuff that they just didn't finish back in the day it's like we added the eighth character that we couldn't finish the original release and we added more cutscenes that were cut from the you know board <laughs> or whatever like that we couldn't fit and it was like damn like all that stuff would have just been DLC <laughs> like yeah. 10 years later or whatever. But back in the day, like if they didn't finish something, it just like was lost. Like it just vanished and they managed to, I guess in this case, they still had it. So I, I haven't played it yet, but it's basically, it's like a very traditional like JRPG you play. I guess there's like eight different characters that you can get. And um, it's kind of like the, the game itself is short, but it has different endings and stuff. <coughs> different like that. So I'm excited to dive in. Nice. On PS5? <coughs> Sorry? PS5? Uh, PS4. Ooh, I got oh, okay. But through PS5? I got something in my throat, man. Ooh. That's not good. No, oh, it's not good at all. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, it's a PS4 game. That's the other annoying thing. I could have pre-ordered it, and the pre-order bonus is like a theme. And it, on PS5, it says, like, theme cannot be used on PS5. Oh. I was like, motherfucker. They gotta sort that out. I, I liked putting custom screenshots I took as my background. Yeah, same. Or had a Hotline Miami two had a loading screen that was just like Miami sunset, pixelated sunset cityscape with palm trees in the foreground, and that was my background on PS four for the longest time. My uh, my computer background right now is Resident Evil two with Leon and Claire, and uh, it's classic. Basically, it's basically the same background as um as like the remake Resident Evil two when you have the when when you're cursors on the game or whatever uh, I was like yeah. i wish i could just take a screenshot and just have that as my background that'd be so cool i think i want to re-download that too because there's still a few more trophies it's I, gonna be your platinum number 100 right yeah may i don't know maybe there's one trophy where you can you have to beat the game using less than like ten thousand steps or something like that and that despite, sounds like a pain despite being that game like seven or eight times like i can't do that like i just i can never get there but i still gotta have to, follow a guide like step by step Pretty much, I think, which I don't really feel like doing. No, it sounds like a huge pain. Yeah, um, but I have ninety-two platinum, so I have some room to. You got eight. They'll probably be eight like more. Resident Evil Eight will be pretty soon, I bet, and then yeah, the other I, Resident Evils you're trying to beat. Resident Evil Seven, like I, I don't really particularly enjoy speed running games. So if there's like a trophy where I got to beat it, um, within a certain time, mm-hmm. and that trophy is, and it's more than. It, it's like an actual hassle then i just won't do it mm-hmm. resident Evil 3 had speed trial ones but that game ended up being like an hour and a half <laughs> if you really if it, like if you just had the like max if you had the best weapon or whatever which was easy to get um but if it's like you gotta know where things are and stuff like that especially resident Evil 2 and, and all these games where it's like it's a maze so you gotta kind of know the direction and the best way to get to different areas mm-hmm. i typically don't do it Due to no. laziness. So, no. Life's too short to play games when you're not enjoying them, Steve. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, you? What have you been playing? I just played Sentience all week. I have like almost 200 hours on my Steam account because I went live. I do it at work and then 
I'll get home and they'll be like, "Hey, check out this build." I'm like, oh, okay. Um, how's the how's it going? It's pretty good. We hit fourteen thousand players. Um, the, we're having a lot of issues with Playfab, which is the service we're using for servers. Um, so we're trying to sort those out. the The public live build has been consistent. It's just our our beta version uh, will just randomly drop for hours, and it appears to be just an issue with Playfab which is the service we're paying for to have servers that don't drop. So that's not good, but mm. they also appear to have like their customer support is somewhere in Asia. Cause we'll send an email during the workday, our time and we'll get emails back in our inbox at like 3 AM. We're like, Oh, this isn't helpful. Yeah. That's so that's kind of where we're at for that. We're also preparing pitches for all the next CMF stuff happening in May. Lots of people in our discord getting in on those pitches too. So if you're looking for, provincial or federal funding for your next project you should uh yeah check out people who are all kind of working through it together nice. cmf short for canada media fund of course um but yeah that's i think i think that's all i've played really this past week did you play more of the mafia game or no no i got past that stupid racing level i really love the the um the setting of that game because it's like a fake chicago which i never really got like these games like Grand Theft Auto's Los Santos when they just mean Los Angeles, like mainly the Ubisoft games are the only real open world games that are like actually like Chicago, San Francisco, London. And they actually like try and recreate a city in an open world game. But yeah, it's supposed to be Chicago in mafia one. Um, and they have like fake baseball teams that I'm listening to games on the radio. And I'm like, you could have just done the real thing. Cause it's also set in the United States. Like I'm reading newspapers like Herbert Hoover did this and this. And then I look it up on Wikipedia. I'm like, Oh, that's like a real historical American event on the day it happened in your game. That's a fake city with fake stuff in it, which that, I don't know. There's gotta be a reason like a lot of creative people worked in this game. There's gotta be a reason they didn't go with a real setting, but I just, it just always bothers me. You know Maybe I mean? just the, like, <clears throat> I don't know. Did they have, the, was Sears tower? Like a th- when did Sears tower get built? Because oh, wasn't that there, there's uh, the I, there is one of those huge buildings. I'm like, oh, I I just know that's Chicago, but I don't know. Oh no, man, Sears Tower is 1970. But I guess maybe just if you do call it Chicago, you just gotta go through all sorts of different shit. Where because mm-hmm. like I'm actually now remembering a I think it was Just Cause like two like three or four one of those games took place in like a real country, mm-hmm. and you know there's drug trafficking and, and uh, violence and all that stuff. And then the country like tried to sue the developers. Amazing. <clears throat> for all that stuff. And they're just like, <laughs> I think they're just like, dude, it's, we just look at the, like, look at the stuff coming out of your country. Like we just used, we just based it off of real events going on or something along those lines. I can't remember. But then there's other studios like, uh, like uh, Sucker Punch is now an official ambassador of the island nation of Tsushima or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I, don't know. I prefer, if you're going to, like, in Red Dead Redemption 2, it's all these fake town names. But then I open the map and it's actual state lines from that time in American history. And it's just like, I, I wish it was fully one side or fully the other side. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I got you. So that's, that's about where I'm at with Mafia. I really want to beat it because I'm having a lot of fun. And it's just the dumbest, clichéist Mafia story. I, I don't know when Mafia came out, but, like, like initially. But it, it definitely has, like, also early 2000s open world vibes. Like, um, Mafia 1 originally came out in 2002. What? That's crazy. Anywho. Jesus. But yeah, no, the uh, the remake, oh man, I'd never seen these side-by-sides before. They did a lot. Huh. What's the, um, oh, that was it. <clears throat> but yeah, to... I I like it, and I want to finish it, is Thanks. where I'm at. <clears throat> trying to find what, what, game, what government sued what game, and it's kind of difficult, because a lot of these games take place in South America. And just well, um, the, all... uh, you might be thinking of Call of Duty Black Ops actually had like a latin american world leader in it and he was a, like depicted very horribly and his family his estate sued activision over his depiction in the game oh no i did find the one that i was thinking of though okay bolivian bolivian government has sent a formal complaint to the french embassy about ubisoft's tom clancy ghost recon wildlands in the Ooh. complaint interior minister carlos romero says the game unfairly portrays the country under the control of drug cartel huh 
So I guess in the game, I didn't play Wildlands. I guess the game, the country is basically just run by drug lords, and then the country was like, "Hey, that's only partly true." <laughs> they took issue. Man, <laughs> good stuff. Anywho, I'm all about making games that cause diplomatic instances around the world. So that's it for uh, what is this episode 183 of mm-hmm. the Canadian Games Podcast. Another one in the books. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us keep the site running, covering the Canadian game dev scene, you can once again go to patreon.com slash Canadian game devs, uh, back us for early access to the show, discord perks, discount codes for Canadian gaming events, game key giveaways. Uh, and if you back us at the $5 credited patron tier or higher, we want to personally thank you at the end of every episode. Like these lovely folks. Thank you so much. Aaron McLeod, Canuck play David Winter, David Nagy, uh, new patron, Daniel Miller. Eric Beer, new patron Eleanor, Hanel, Jean Leggett, Jeff Shepstone, Jeffrey Canham, Graf Metal, Kai Hutchins, new patron Meow the Leon, Nicholas A. Zarko, Nav from the Academy Games, Pixelots underscore Alex, Sean Hayden, and Stacy H. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, drops a review just down there. Just scroll up a little bit, you'll see it. And if you're not on Apple Podcasts and there's no way to leave a review wherever you are listening to us, you can send any feedback you have to contact at CanadianGameDevs.com. Okay, I have, I, have a sports, uh, I have a sports... You got a prediction for the week? Prediction. Well, I'll, it's going to be a long prediction. So we have our bet, you know, our $10 bet of Nemesis. $10 play. bet. And Nemesis, right Dead by Daylight. Um, so the NBA playoffs is working a little bit different this year because of COVID and all that shit. So there's mm-hmm. the the six team, the top six teams will go on, and then the next four teams, so seven through ten, will play a little mini tournament who will actually then determine who's the real seven and eight. The mm. Raptors are currently 10th, but they've been hovering around that 10-11 spot. And actually, there's a three-way tie for 10th, and I guess Raptors have the tiebreaker. Okay. I'm saying that the Raptors, and people, you know, they want them to tank or whatever. I'm saying the Raptors make it. Raps make it to the top eight? Yeah, uh, top 10, top 10. Top 10 in the NBA. By what time? Uh, the, end Just of the end of the year. By end of year. There's, okay. how many are we at? 57? There's 13 more games left, so. I mean, I want them to make it as far as possible just to keep the free fries rolling in for McDonald's. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pulling for you for that one. Uh, I've only ever watched one game live from beginning and like counted the three-pointers till free fries. And I was like, nice. Get free fries <laughs> Did you tomorrow. turn it off right away? Yeah, I was like, whatever. <laughs> was like, like, that was the win for me. <laughs> it was like halfway through the third quarter, they, they got the 12th three-pointer. I was like, nice, woo! <laughs> they, they used to... I remember being in a game with this. They used to do... Um, you, your ticket could get a free pizza slice if they scored 100 points. Mm-hmm. And so the next day or whatever. So people in this audience would cheer when you got 100 points. And so they would still, the audience would cheer. Even if they're down like 120 to 100, they would still cheer if uh, if they got to 100. That's and, amazing. And um, and so you get free pizza. And then they would like boo if they if they won like 99 to like 98 or something <laughs> like that or, or whatever. So, the, so I remember being at a game when when they when they were they were losing by like thirty and they got like a, a random free throw and managed to cross that hundred. We all cheered or whatever. So they changed <laughs> it. I don't know how long ago. A couple. Of, I don't even know that. Actually, now they don't even do this. They go through the app or whatever, and they just have to win. I think now, right? Um, and you get two for one pizza. It's not even like a free pizza. But back oh. in the day, it was a hundred score hundred, and then it became score hundred and win. And. Hmm. Uh, and so that at least got rid of the people who would boo when they had won like 99 <laughs> to like 95 or something like that. Man, that's funny. Get that free pizza, you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, Steve. I got so many free fries. I wonder how many dollars in fries I've taken out of McDonald's since that promotion started. Well, they did it. They they determined because um, when they first did that was the year of the Kawhi trade and they announced it like two days before the trade and so and then in that trade they traded two guys who didn't shoot three-pointers for one of the best players in the league and a three-pointer shooter and so mcdonald's you know had planned how many fries they would give based off like how many three-pointers games they had like the five years before and they Mm -hmm. like they ended up like giving away like a hundred percent like double the amount of fries that they (laughs) anticipated (laughs) Oh, and I would just take, because before the app had coupons would like expire after a certain amount of time and you'd have to like scan it. Like every five minutes, it would be a new coupon. That wasn't the case for a while. So I would like go into the student lounge at university and like, everyone pull out the app, send me a screenshot. And so I'd like (laughs) 10 people would send me their coupon. I would waltz over to the McDonald's and then they would watch me. It was like 11 at night whenever the game ended. And like, they would just watch me from behind the counter, like 
go through, make 13 or 15 different orders of just a medium fry. And then I would walk up and stand there and he'd be like, for your buddies? I'm like, yep. And they're like, okay. Like, what are they going to do? Like, no one wants to fight me on that. So I just walk back into the lab with my backpack, just packed full of medium fries and just hand them out like Santa. And it was the best. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, I worked at fast food. You don't give a fuck. No, (laughs) they don't care. Yeah. Man. I would so surprised by like just asking for things it would happen sometimes like when i did that cross-country trip for remy Kim's two years ago i went into a subway at like 2 a.m i was so hungry and i was like oh you guys closing soon like yeah i'm like what do you do with all the cookies and he's like gotta throw them out and i was like no chance you could just stuff in a bag for me i was like nope and so i got my thing and it felt a little heavy and as i was going through out the door i looked in and he just shoved like a whole <laughs> row of cookies in i turned around and smiled and he was like cutting like doing the neck like no 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 and i was like oh okay okay <laughs> so walked out walked back with just like 20 chocolate chip cookies in this bag and i was like that guy didn't care at all and i respect him what a g i used yeah. to give out cups like all the time at taco bell because the taco bell had the like the fast food like the drink outside of the but it, it was like for customers to refill or whatever okay and i would like I would always just uh, I would always just give out cups, and then the thing to do was your friend would come in and they say they wouldn't want like they wouldn't want sour cream or steak on their taco, and so you would put in like minus steak minus sour cream, even though like a normal taco wouldn't get that stuff. Mm-hmm. So then that told then it wouldn't charge them. So then that told the person to like put steak and sour cream. On awesome, the taco for free. that's awesome. Yeah, it was good. Good times. Uh, good. Screwing over giant multi multi-million dollar companies i love Should, it we're all that's good. what we're all about here at com. so yeah. <laughs> buy your indies pirate your, your triple a's and uh, have a good <laughs> week <laughs>